the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. Run your law firm the right way. This is the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. I'm Jim Hacking. And I'm Tyson Mutrix. What's up, Jimmy? Tyson, it's a rainy, nasty day, and it's just sort of gross. It'd be nice to get outside. Yeah, and it's weird because the weather, the, the temperature's nice, but the, the rain is not. So it's, it's like one of those things where you look at the forecast, you're like, oh, it's going to be 72 degrees. And then you look and it's like, oh, it's going to be raining all day. But that's fine. It's, uh, it's a good day to get work done, right? For sure. And I was just talking to our guests offline before we hopped on the call. And just generally for the issues with the coronavirus, we could sit here and talk about it all day long. But what Tyson and I are trying to do is to give you guys a respite, a place to get away from that for a little bit. Obviously, it'll probably come up from time to time in our future interviews. And we'll probably have future episodes devoted just to that. But as we make our way through this new normal, we want to try to talk to our our friends on the show about running their practice, about marketing, and about the issues of the day. That's exactly right. We're, there, there's a time to talk about all this stuff. We've talked about it a lot. It sucks turning on the news right now. It sucks. I, I mean, I'm, we're doing the same things that you all are doing. You know, we're checking things out. We're monitoring it all the time. But every once in a while, you need to take a break and and work out, focus on your business, and and take a little bit. Hopefully, we give you a little bit of entertainment as well. So. Take a break from all that stuff. Well, we're talking today with a good friend of ours, a friend of the show, someone who's been very supportive of Maximum Lawyers. She came to the Zapathon, which seems like 10 years ago. Her name is Charlotte Christian. She's a family lawyer out of Huntsville, Alabama, one of our favorite Huntsvillians, along with, of course, Mo Lilienthal. Charlotte, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for having me. So it's interesting, the, the Zapathon, you mentioned the Zapathon, Jimmy. I, it actually, some of the things that I integrated during the Zapathon have helped me now. So that's pretty good. All right, Charlie, well, we were happy to have you on the show. Tell us a little bit about your journey and how you got to where you are now. Sure. So I've practiced for about 20 years, and 15 of those years I did real estate law. And then about five years ago, I decided to add and moved toward the family law practice. We've been very successful with that and have been fortunate, but uh, the journey kind of took us there a strange way. I guess my husband passed away a few years back, and the town that I lived in, I didn't want to remain there. So 
from doing real estate there, I had to, to pick another area. I just lived in a small town outside of Huntsville, but I decided that I would go to a market that had uh, more individuals, I guess, and and I guess more fish to to fish for. And so I chose Huntsville and moved from the town that my husband and I lived in. And I started this family law practice and been been very fortunate to have uh, built a strong practice and we've got our processes and procedures down pretty well and, and we do well. So that's kind of how I've gotten to where I am now. Charlie, talk a little bit about that transition. Obviously, you're dealing with the death of your husband, so I'm sure that was difficult and we didn't need to go into all that if you don't want to. But just switching from real estate to family law and then moving into a new city. I mean, I applaud that. I think that's pretty amazing to to sort of take that all on your shoulders. But talk to us a little bit about what you were thinking as you made those decisions. Well, you know, I was looking for an area that I thought that I could turn into a business, but I also thought that uh, I could have more opportunity in. And I think we see, looking at a lot of practice areas, that family law is a, is a viable market to, or, or is a good market, I guess, now to get into. A lot of people, unfortunately, are getting a divorce, but I just saw an opportunity for that to be uh the area mainly because I kind of knew the area I had while doing real estate I had dabbled in it a little bit so I knew the area and was comfortable with it so it was a a comfortable place to fall but also have been much more interested in running a business over the years so I was able to put those marry the two loves I guess I, I love running the business but I can't say I love family law, but I liked it and I knew it. So I was able to put the knowledge that I had with the passion that I have of running a business. And and I was able to get a, a model off the ground pretty quickly. And I was fortunate with my website because I, at the time, didn't have so much competition. And I was able to, you know, come into a town like Huntsville and, ranked very well with my SEO and I put a lot of work into my website and in doing that we ranked very well and I think the the website itself has brought us a lot of business so the transition was was not so rough starting at the bottom with a divorce practice of course you know I, I just knew that I had to have my process procedures in place and have everything ready so that I could you know, go from day one. We got a lot of referral business and, you know, people just felt like that they could send cases to us and we would do a good job, which we, you know, is our objective is to do a good job for every single client. So we just built on that and transitioning from, you know, real estate to the divorce was, I guess the difference was in real estate law, you you develop relationships with realtors and bankers and you depend so much on them just to eat. But in the world of domestic law, you have to you depend on referrals as well, but you can depend on so many other marketing avenues. So that sort of talks to, I guess, the transition of real estate law to domestic law. So I'm curious about your billing model because you know, a lot of people think, oh, you know, personal injury lawyers, you all make so much more money because you get this contingency and you get a third or, and what they don't think about is just the risk that we have to take and all the money we have to lay out. But 
And then I've, I'm convinced that the, the way you make a lot of money in this country is an hourly model because you can just churn and churn and churn if you have the, the clients. But then I also hear other people that, you know, flat rate the way to go. Like, what have you found is the best billing model for you all? Interestingly, Tyson, we went with a flat fee model for a, a few years. And what I found after breaking that, that model just down into just, small bites of time that's actually used plus what people are willing to pay I found the model did not work for me I actually thought that I could make more money and, and still believe that we can make more money doing an hourly model and be better by our clients what happens is that when you're what I found was that in that flat fee model you would have to get clients to willing to pay a really high amount and there's people who are successful doing this i mean you know lee rosen lee rosen did it and was able to charge a, a large amount you know there were a couple of people at Zappagon, i think who are on flat fee models who are able to to get a lot of money in but you know in my area it was just difficult because it's just very hard to price because if you quote somebody you know per phase let's say for example if there's three phases in a divorce case if you quote somebody $15,000 per, per phase, which is very dangerous for you to do because, you know, you may have a case that costs $60,000 for the entire case and then you've cost yourself too much money because once you quote that, you're pretty much locked in. So just quoting $15,000 to, you know, the average client is, is very difficult for them to swallow at the beginning. So, I think to make money on that model, you have to be able to quote just a flat fee for the entire case. And then, you know, if the case settles, you kind of, in Alabama, where my firm is, you can't keep the money. So you can't just quote flat fee and keep all that. You have to prove to the bar that you did the work or you did an amount of work equal for you to have kept that uh, fee and earned that fee. So, my idea was that if you're going to have to prove that, if you're going to have to earn that under the Alabama rules, the lawyer is the only person who's taking the liability and taking the chance because if, if you're going to have to prove the hourly fee anyway and that's all the bar's going to let you take, go ahead and, and charge an hourly fee that can uh, allow your business to run and operate and for you to be able to take care of your client, but also for you to be able to you know, run your business and make money. So we, as as a firm, just went away from that flat fee method and we bill hourly now. And I'm not saying that it doesn't work because I have a lot of colleagues and friends who are flat fee attorneys and, and they make it work. We were just not able to. Charlotte, so back when you, I'm picturing you like rolling into Huntsville in, a, in an old 1970s caddy with your roof down. But when you pulled into Huntsville, how do you sort of, you know, launch yourself in a new market and a new practice area? I spent a lot of time, Jim, introducing myself to other lawyers and just, you know, I had boots on the ground. I, uh, like I said, I had my SEO going for me and I added Huntsville and I was fortunate at the time to not have so much, I guess, website competition and, and was able to get on page one in many of my keywords. And we've been able to keep those rankings and that's helped us but you know from day one i just went to the 
other lawyers who I felt like would be good referral sources. I introduced myself. I had built my processes and procedures from the beginning, you know, gave them collateral documentation, just told them what we would be able to do and why I felt like we were different. So I was able to, you know, try to differentiate myself that way. Also went to, uh, I got an LLM. DeMond Pendleton and I were getting LLM at the same time in trial advocacy from uh, Temple. So I spent a year flying from Alabama up to Philadelphia about every three to four weeks and then did online work to get our LLM. So I got that and that was a differentiator for Alabama because I'm not aware of any of the lawyers in Alabama, certainly not family lawyers who have an LLM and trial advocacy. What that sort of did, though, was, excuse me, trapped me to the courtroom because I realized if I sold that asset and, and, you know, said that I have an LLM, a trial advocacy, then that put me as being the person who had to actually try the cases. And I've been trying to get out of having to do that and have some 1099 lawyers help me in the practice so that I can run a practice instead of being a lawyer. So kind of a catch-22. During the same time, I also went to Jerry Spence's Trial Lawyer College out in Wyoming. So I was able to use both of those kind of to catapult and give myself somewhat of an advantage, I guess, in the family law arena. But I had those two areas. So it's it's still a double-edged sword of selling me versus selling the practice. So that's how that's pretty much what I think I used to uh, to get me started here. Charlotte, I think you have a very magnetic personality. For anyone that's met you, you're just so full of joy and energy, and I love it. I mean, how much of that do you incorporate into your marketing? Because I feel like you've got a very uh, a story that really draws people to you, right? You've got a personality that draws people to you. So how much of that do you pour into your marketing? I started doing the 366 challenge this year with several of our other people here and Maxim Lawyer, and I've let that really pull out my personality. Sometimes I, um, I used to think that when you got on video, you had to have on your suit and scarf and, you know, look into the uh, camera and just, you know, be something that you weren't really. And this year I've spent a lot of time convicting myself and, and have actually put it into place, just getting in the front of the camera with my T-shirt on and just being me. And, you know, it's it's difficult. I won't just say it's easy to jump in front of the front of a camera and just be you. And I get better, I think, every day. But, you know, I think being yourself and trying to let people know what your personality is just goes so far. So I do try to use it a lot in marketing. I've, you know, I, I have a story that, I mean, it's an extremely sad story and I, and I try to not use that to death, but it's who I am and it's how I got where I am. And it's, it's what caused me to, you know, start this family law practice. And, you know, I have to use it somewhat, but I try certainly to never overuse it because I just wouldn't feel right doing that. We'll pause for a word from our sponsors. Thanks to our sponsor, Smith AI. Smith AI is a superior receptionist service for law firms, trusted by many maximum lawyers, including me. At my immigration practice, the hacking law practice, Smith's friendly U.S.-based receptionists respond to potential clients in English or Spanish, 
screen and schedule new leads, and even take payment for our consults. The best part is that they don't just handle these conversations by phone. They also have live agents and chatbots capturing leads on our website through their chat widget. They serve as our friendly gatekeepers while my team and I work uninterrupted. We get new clients and we get work done. How awesome is that? If you're in a solo or small firm, I know you'll appreciate this. Plans start at just $70 a month for calls and $100 a month for chats. They even offer a totally free chatbot, so there's no excuse. Try Smith AI today and see for yourself why attorneys like me say Smith AI receptionists are the secret to business growth. Smith AI offers a free trial and maximum lawyer listeners get an extra $100 discount with promo code MAXLAW100. That's M-A-X-L-A-W-1-0-0. Sign up and learn more at www.smith.ai. Trust me when I say don't let another day go by. Try Smith AI. We're back with Charlotte Christian. She's a family lawyer from Huntsville, Alabama. Charlotte, talk to us about your, your setup as far as your team or how you handle the office and things like that. So about uh, six months ago, I went fully remote. So I am working remotely. I have several people who work for me, and every person who works for me is remote. I have some offshore people who work, and then I have some folks local who work, but everybody who works for me already was working from home. So I think that has been very good for my practice. It's been uh, good for the people who work for me to be able to, to work from home. But I actually think in the way I've got it set up, we are able to be more productive and take better care of our clients. We practice throughout the state of Alabama, but Huntsville is where our hub is and where we actually first began the family law practice in the family law arena. But although it is a high-tech town, being we have NASA, we have the Space Flight Center, Marshall Space Flight Center, there's a military base here. There, there's a lot of people who appreciate the fact that we're virtual who appreciate the fact they don't have to drive downtown and look for a parking place. It's still a learning curve and it's still a hill that has been put in place that we have to overcome and have to do a really good job on the before piece, on the sales piece, because, you know, people still expect to have an office to come in and sit down and, you know, Kleenexes and oak walls and and people still expect that because they see it on TV and so we're working really hard in our messaging and on our front end to explain why it's better for us to see them virtually and surprisingly one thing that we had an issue was convincing people that we're real people because I guess they people are so inundated now with scams and with bad information that we have to overcome that and convince people that we're real people, we're a real firm. So we get me or one of the, another lawyer or somebody to jump on a call quickly and jump on a, a Zoom as quickly as possible. We folks generally like the day that they call, if we can at all get them to a point where they're willing to talk to a lawyer. We try to do it quickly so that they can see that we are a real person. It's so funny because we, we have a lot of clients that we sign up um, over the phone. We sign them up electronically um, just because most of the people just don't want to meet with us. They don't they don't care anymore. The, the cell phones changed everything. Ten years I was meeting with everybody, and now I'm meeting with one out of every hundred. It, it's insane. But 
I had a couple of clients that actually stopped by the office a few weeks ago, and they just dropped in because they were dropping off some photographs, and I'd never met them. They're like, oh, well, they they're telling the people at the front desk, oh, we just, you know, we want to actually just meet them. <laughs> it was almost like confirming that I was a real person, so we kind of got a good laugh out of it. So you've gone through a lot in your life, right? You've, got through, you've gone through a ton, of, a lot of struggle. So what, what what is something that you struggle with? Because I, I see you as someone that's pretty resilient. So what is it that you struggle with? Tyson, I guess what I struggle is giving up the cases, which is what I know that I have to do to be able to scale this firm. But, you know, I'm a quick start, and I know that I can better serve the firm and can better serve more people as I'm scaling. So I have to be able to do that better. I have to learn the process. I have to make myself a process to be able to give up the cases because I guess I sort of feel like I know how to I know how to fix it and I know how to fix cases. So I probably have my hand in that too much. So that's probably one area where I struggle. I mean, certainly I have a lot of areas where I struggle, but that's one is uh, being able to feel like that uh, I can let go of the cases and they're going to be okay. I think the key is just surrounding yourself with great people. You know, I won't, like I know most good business owners want to surround themselves with people who are smarter. I, I certainly want to surround myself with people who are smarter than I am, and I try every day when I add people to the team to make sure that I feel like they have, you know, I like for people to have more ability than I do, certainly. So try to surround myself with that, and they've been very successful because I, I think I have that attitude and that's my process. So, you know, we all struggle and there's certainly nothing that, um, there's none of us, if, if we're being honest, we can say that we don't struggle. I know we're not going to talk about the virus, but I will just add one thing that I think would be very helpful to the listeners. And this came from Ryan McKean. I was talking to Ryan yesterday and, you know, like we all are, we were talking about the virus and Ryan just had something to say that I thought was very helpful. He said, in my mind, there's a system for this. And I thought, you know, we say all the time, let's have a system for everything, but I certainly didn't think about this. But he said, in my mind, there's a system for this. Keep your eyes out, be informed, don't panic, take appropriate defensive action, and otherwise just do it day to day, one day at a time. You know, I thought, it goes back to so much of what we preach is, is systems. And, you know, systems are people, our processes are people, our product is, of course, what we hear from the prophet. And I think that we have to really concentrate on those now. Charlotte, talk to us. You brought up the virus and, and the new normal that we're all experiencing. Talk to us a little bit about sort of the day-to-day approach, because I think so much of this is going to be just sort of focusing on the things we can control and letting go of the things that we can't. So my day-to-day approach has been um, that first off is that I've tried to talk to clients and keep clients comfortable knowing that we're here. We're not going anywhere. Ironically, I had a question I thought was a very strange question, but I had a client send me a text message and he said, what if you get the virus and something happens to you? What happens to us? I was like, goodness, you know, how I haven't really thought about that, but I guess that's a fear that my clients have. So I spent a lot of time after that. I did an audio recording on it to put that out there, and we've been sending that to my clients. But I've also actually been personally trying to call the clients 
to answer any questions they have and to you know, ensure them that we have procedures set up so that if something happens to anybody on their team, that they remain taken care of. And another area that I've spent a lot of time is just talking to the people who work with me and, you know, making them feel as secure as I possibly can and letting them know that I'm putting a plan in place and that I'm going to do everything I possibly can to help us, you know, all get through this and I'm going to lead this firm and, you know, I'm going to lead us through this the best we can and, and just trying to give my, the people who work with me comfort and solace and just secure them or give them as much security as I possibly can telling them that I've got a plan and trying to work through that plan. And I think that's been the most important thing that I've just done on a day to day. We're just starting this. I mean, we're pretty new into this with regard to quarantine. We're a weekend. So I already had my home office set up so I didn't disrupt what I do on a daily basis. I still go sit in the same chair in the same place with the same monitors. I think just uh, taking care of the people is the most important thing at this time instead of, you know, we could all worry and panic and run for the hills. And I don't think that's the thing to do. I think the thing to do is just know that we have a great community here. We're all in this together. And, you know, I've had several people reaching out to me from my lawyer just saying, Hey, how are you doing? Can I help you? You know, I've, I've tried to do that same thing to reach out to people. I think just, uh, talking to people and, and letting each other know that we're going to be there for each other is just so important at this time. I know that this community itself has helped me as a person, has helped me as a business owner, and you know, I feel very, very fortunate and very thankful to be a part of it. And, and uh, I think that just taking care of each other and taking care of our clients is just so important right now. But, you know, first off, we certainly – our family. I mean, we have to take care of our family and we have to know that we've got to find a way to get through this and we can. I mean, we're resilient. We're a resilient country, but we're resilient people. And I think that, um, you know, we're leaders and we have to act like leaders right now. And in doing that, and I think it just being good to people, we'll be able to take care of our family and work through this. I think that question that you asked, I think everyone at the end of this episode should stop what they're doing and answer that question in whatever medium that they choose, whether it be a blog post, a video, podcast episode, because that is on, I, that didn't even occur to me, Charlotte, that, and it should have, that, hey, clients are worried about their cases and what happens if you die? What happens if you get coronavirus and get sick? I mean, that's, it's just hit me so hard. So, I'm, I'm glad you asked that, and I think people, I, that's one of the first things I'm going to do is I'm going to address that, so I think that's really, really good. So let's, let's be more, a little more positive here and go on a look at the future. So what's your future hold? Where are you going to take your firm? Well, right now, for the next three quarters, I'm really going to work on scaling this firm, and you know, my plan before this was to open up in two other towns within the next three quarters. You know, I don't know exactly where this is going to take us now, but uh, with regard to where we are with an economy, but, you know, I've set it up so that I can scale and I believe opening up marketing to those other areas. Uh, you know, I've got processes and procedures in place in order to be able to do that. So it's just a matter of adding the marketing pieces. 
and getting those areas open up. I am really working on trying to find a way to not turn away people, but still be able to to make a good living. You know, so I'm I'm looking at adding some limited scope to be able to do that for people who can't afford a full scope practice. So I'm looking at adding uh, some limited scope and then adding in some uh, estate work. I find that with, of course, after every divorce, you know, folks are wanting to redo their wills. So I think those two areas really can marry nicely. And so I'm, I'm adding in the rest of this year, I'm going to add an estate practice and uh, scale this thing a little bit more, have a plan that I believe I'm going to try to open up in at least one other state. Just kind of, I guess, broadening the base and trying to serve the most amount of people possible with what we have. Because I truly believe in what we do. I truly believe in the team I've built. I truly believe in what we're able to offer people. And I want to offer that to as many people as I possibly can. Charlotte, I got to applaud you. I mean, I love going on offense when everyone else is on defense. And, and I think that you have the right approach. I think that it's going to be interesting as the economy tightens and especially people with consumer-facing practices, when people hire us, they have to give us money as opposed to a contingency fee situation. But I think that expanding your reach is a great way to stay either at the same level or grow like you want to. I think that that's a really important mindset is that Everyone's going to have to grow where they're getting their cases from because if you just sit still, it's always true that if you're not growing, you're, you're backsliding, but it's definitely going to be true now that you have to just go on the offense, even if it's just to stay at the same level. I think that's true. I don't think that any of us can sit and practice the way that you know we've practiced forever and necessarily survive. Even before the COVID-19 virus, the practice of law has been changing very radically. And just the fact that that alone now hit with what we're facing, you know, we've got to be able to change with the market, change our practice as we go. And we've got to be able to meet people where they are. We turned, I was talking to my sales team last night and we probably have had, 30 people call this week who've said, you know, I only have a thousand dollars. I don't, I don't have that kind of money. I've, I've had to save up my money for food. You know, I'm scared. I don't know what's, you know, what's going to happen. So you know, I stayed up till three o'clock this morning trying to work on a model of, okay, if somebody calls and they only have a thousand dollars, how can we help them? So it's, you know, as soon as I finish this podcast with you guys, I'm going to roll out what I built last night my team has an offering for these people so that you know we can help them it also helps us i mean if people call they need us and they don't have the money you know that it's not necessarily i guess the way to scale forever but i think personally that it's the way to build what i'm doing because i i think it gives us an opportunity to actually help and i genuinely believe that if you help people that it comes back around 10 times you know you got Erin Levine who's doing Hello Divorce, and she doesn't attract, I guess, lower-income individuals. She attracts tech individuals, and her model is perfect for where she is. That model doesn't work in Alabama because my market is not the same as hers. I have to offer a service similar or like what she's doing on a very different scale. So 
that's what I spent a lot of time last night trying to build and put together what that can look like and how it can um, be economically feasible for me to do it, but also take care of these folks who, who can't afford more. Being able to adapt in this environment is extremely important. So I think that your mindset's perfect. It's really kind of interesting to me, all of these big law firms that have been caught off guard. I've heard of some pretty large PI firms in St. Louis that are scrambling right now because they're all software-based and not cloud-based firms. And so they're trying to figure out how they're going to practice over the next six months. It's kind of crazy. But anyways, we do need to wrap things up. Before I do, I want to remind everyone, go to the Facebook group. A lot of great people like Charlotte in the group sharing great information. So get involved there. And then if you will, please, especially right now where we're trying to spread the word about my lawyer, whoever, I think, I think right now is when people need the group most. So go and leave us a five-star review, please. If, you, if you're getting something from this, hopefully you are. If you're listening, uh, you're getting some good information from this podcast. So please leave a, a five-star review. Jimmy, what's your hack of the week? For my hack of the week, I'm picking up on something that Charlotte said, and that is that in this time of great uncertainty and anxiety, that we need to be as transparent as we can. Transparent, especially with our employees about the realities of the situation. I don't think we should sugarcoat things. I also don't think we should be alarmist, but I think we have to be realistic and we have to be honest. If Charlotte's clients are wondering what's going to happen if she gets the virus, obviously people are worried about themselves getting the virus, but just about the, the normal life continuing. So I think that we have to be as honest and vulnerable and as transparent as we can be. Completely agree. Agree. That's, that's great advice. Charlotte, do you have a tip or a hack for us? I do. I may be the last one to know this, but I thought it was pretty cool. I have always had the problem of being in the car or not being at my desk and talking to clients on my cell phone. And I ended up with a lot of clients having my cell phone number. So I tried to work around that and I have Nextiva. So I ran their app. And of course that runs under the internet. And historically I would be talking to somebody and I would lose them. And, you know, I've tried Google voice and anything that runs on the internet. If you're in a remote area, I was losing them. You know, right and left, it just didn't seem professional. So I've researched a way to do for an answer. I could never find anything. And finally, I found out that if you have a iPhone 10 or 11, you can get Verizon to add an additional line to your phone. So it's not a voice line. It's not a, a, an internet line. It's an actual cellular line. So I had Verizon add that line. So now I have a personal line, which is my personal cell phone, but I have a business line. So whenever I start to make a call, it lets me choose which line I'm going to use to make the call. And that's just been very helpful. I've been able to protect my own personal line a little bit better. That is freaking gold. Uh, I, that is, that's worth this entire episode by itself. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. I, I have the same problem. I've been like every single VoIP app I've ever tried to use is just garbage. So that is amazing. Thanks for sharing that. So. The, 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 whenever they call that number back, where does that number go? Does it go to your office? No, it goes straight to my cell phone. So what happens is like if you call me on that line, so you know I was able to pick my number with Verizon. And I think AT and T does this as well. But if they call you back on that number, it calls back on your phone. But you can have a different voicemail on that. So for example, you know you could say this is an unattended uh, line. 
please call the office at to, you know whatever your office number is, or you can answer it, but you can you know certainly I guess control it what you what you take in, but it comes straight to your phone, so it either says p or b, so it's my personal or my business loan so it it has proven worth its weight in gold to get that set up, and I think you can get that set up without actually having to go in to the store. I think you can call and get that set up, but that's been one of the greatest hacks for my practice that, that I've had in a long time. That's good. That's so good. My um, tip of the week is something that is also a communica- communications device. So yesterday I spent a lot of time copying and pasting text messages, just saying, hey, just checking in, see how you're doing, kind of a thing. And I did it, I mean, it's still a bunch of people. And uh, a buddy of mine and, and a buddy of Jim's, Jim Manning, he, he texted me back and he said, uh, what app are you using to send these out to everybody? And I said, I'm not using that. He said, oh, he said, ha ha, I'm not the only one or something like that. He he, he knew because he had apparently been doing the same thing all day. Um, and he told me about this app called Reach, Reach app. And I played with it yesterday. It's freaking awesome. It would have saved me so much time. You can create groups of people. So let's say you have a bunch of lawyer friends. Um, let's say they're just criminal defense lawyers and you need somebody to cover a court appearance. You can send a text to all of those people. Let's say it's a personal injury lawyer and you've got a question about something, you know, about underinsured motorist coverage or something like that. You can send it to all of those people at one point. And it's not a group text. It is a, a text, an individual text to all the different people in that group. So it's freaking awesome. Um, and so check it out. Reach out. Charlotte, so much for coming on. A lot. Of, thank you so much for sharing. Um, you're just awesome. So thank you for being a part of our tribe. You're just awesome. So thanks for coming on. Guys, thank you so much for having me. This is, uh, I just love this whole entire tribe. Nice. See ya. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. The Maximum Lawyer Podcast. To stay in contact with your host and to access more content, more content. go to MaximumLawyer.com. MaximumLawyer.com. Have a great week and catch you next time.